chicken sandwiches or whatever and i had to catch up on my last podcast on the left because i oh my God. i got a speaker at work so i can't just listen i can't blast last podcast because they talk about murder and stuff yeah. like that and people already look at me weird enough because i listen to loud metal music so yeah no i, I need to think i'm a straight psychopath no it's um yeah i feel you i haven't been listening to many many podcasts lately other than stuff you should know I love uh, stuff yeah. you should know. Mm-hmm. So, That's what so got good. me in a podcast. <laughs> so good. Got me in listening podcasts. That was like, they they just do everything. Like they've been around for years. Yeah, they're like mm-hmm. OG almost. Like, yeah. I can't remember what the first podcast I listened to was. I don't even know how I came across last podcast, and that's probably like my biggest. The one that made me interested in talking into a microphone to people that aren't actually around yeah. me. <laughs> it's a. I never. I always wanted to do a podcast, but like. I could never get, you know, I had like two friends that were kind of interested, but they could never like pull the trigger on it fully. Mm-hmm. And I told them, I'm like, I'll buy the gear. Like, it's not like, it doesn't take that much. You know, you just got to get some good microphones and make it yeah. happen. But they just, I don't know. And with technology nowadays, you don't even have to be in the same state. Yeah. You guys can just be like, hey, at four o'clock, I'm going to call you on Skype. Yep. And I'm going to record it and then we'll just make it an episode. Yeah. It but we seem... do prefer like in person, obviously. Yeah. yeah. It works a lot better. Especially with comedy, like oh, if you're yeah. trying to make jokes, like especially with a little bit of delay. Yep. If you make a joke and then it's quiet, you're like, and eh, we're going to move on. But then they yep. laugh and you're like, ah, it <laughs> it's really uncomfortable. That happened a lot. Of the, oh, man, I was doing that with the people up north and they would like make a joke and I would laugh. It would be later and they would already be talking about something. I'm like, oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it okay. just doesn't make for a good flow. Yeah. No, it. Well, with that said, welcome to the Toon Junkies podcast. My name's Nick. My name is Chris. Oh, we're live? Oh, yeah, we have been. Oh, we got you, didn't we? <laughs> got my ass. No, it's, yeah, no, it's got your ass. <laughs> we prefer to do that because sometimes people get awkward in front of a mic no, and they yeah. think too much, so we try and do a little dialogue to get like you that. comfortable in front of it, Yeah, and then we just jump into it. Yeah, but today we're here with the uh, inventor and founder of Coca-Cola, John Pemberton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, John that's Pemberton. me. What? I thought it was Johnny Pepperoni, the <laughs> owner of Little Caesars. No. <laughs> John Pendergrass, Teddy Pendergrass. There we go. (laughs) John Penman. Yeah. How's it going today, sir? It's going good. It was. Uh, For those who aren't familiar with you, want to kind of introduce yourself, kind of talk about what you do. Sure. Um, I am a uh, multi instrumentalist um, with over twenty years of experience in uh, drums, uh, guitar. Uh, I'm still terrible at guitar, actually. But (laughs) drums, guitar, piano, and bass. Um, self-taught producing uh, I got kicked out of Schoolcraft College and banned because of my math grades mm. it wouldn't let me pass uh, so I, I had to, had to you know but uh, shout to uh, to Ben Blau guy is a great teacher mm-hmm. he, he believes in kids there no matter what's happening or what's going on kept kept in touch on Facebook um, I digress I do all that uh, I do other media projects I'm working on the creation of my record label right now Sleeping Brother Media Cool. Um, so I'll talk about that in a while. It's a. Uh, what do I do? Is John Penman is a media business. Yeah, it is everything. conglomerate, dude. Yeah. Hell yeah. Don't become a monopoly, though. 
No, no, no I, I'm very inclusive and socialistic with the way that I, uh, cool. it's like an everybody eats kind of platform. Nice. And, uh, September you released a little EP, right? Yeah. The nerve of some the nerve people. of some people. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty cool. It's people have some fucking nerve, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that believe, they do. I believe that phrase has been used, yeah. uh, directly towards me in many occasion. The I nerve mean, of this guy. I feel you. Sometimes <laughs> you gotta have nerve. Like if you, you do. don't, you know. If you don't, like, people might, like, walk on you. You got to have, like, a little nerve. But, like, the nerve of people, like, this year and last year has been just, like. Impressive. Impressive, to say the least. Yeah, it's just something. (laughs) And it's just everything. It's, It's, like, everything from personal to impersonal to music related to non music related. Like, people have just blown my mind with the way that they can act to one another. Yeah. And um I I don't know. It just came like I started thinking about that. I would just see people and I'd start like being like I, I have a lot of old people mannerisms because I was raised like partially by my grandparents. So mm-hmm. like the nerve of some people is something that's always on my mind when someone yeah. does something dickish. I'm like, "Oh, the nerve." Oh, <laughs> <laughs> the nerve. I said it to myself enough times in a row where I'm like, "Wow, I say that a lot." <laughs> like, <laughs> Catchphrase. Yeah, like that's like maybe I should. Okay, I'll just slap that on the EP. Like maybe see if it has a ring to it. And mm-hmm. I, I made like a mock-up um, with this uh, this artist from um, Fern. Well, she's in Ferndale now, uh, but um, her name is Katie, and she's great. Um, you know, uh, she does collages, and she made these really cool ones. And I saw her post one on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, holy shit. <laughs> wow. I was like, you know, I was like, I was uh, just so impressed by what it looked like. I was like, fuck. That's how do yeah. you even do that? Uh, Artists blow my mind. And yeah. now it's the album they cover. always do. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you came a long way. Uh, where'd you come from? Um, Before you're stationed out of, I guess. Oh, I'm in Birmingham right now, um, but temporarily. Uh, but I'm moving back to Detroit and then. It, from there, it's really up to the the, the business. Birmingham. I don't know where I'm going to go. Alabama? Alab- Did you come from Alabama today? <laughs> no, 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 no. Birmingham, <laughs> no. Michigan. Sorry. Oh, okay. I it's was going like, to say. Um, yeah. when, I, when I Googled it, like I guess Birmingham is like 15 minutes outside of Detroit. Yeah. It's that like was just a guess 15, from 20. looking from the map, but yeah. it's like really close. And I mean, you have, it's kind of honored because you have driven the longest way of any guests that had already had a show mm-hmm. yeah. around the area so we're really grateful for that mm-hmm. so thank yeah. you so much again Dude, for coming here it was like to me it's like an honor when i mean like when anybody even messages me back like you know like, and i don't i don't copy paste shit either like i yeah. write out like a real like a message to each and every podcast mm-hmm. page that i contact but i contact hundreds mm-hmm. if not at this point it's probably over a thousand damn just non-stop i don't have a meet i don't have a pr person i don't have anybody right. like this mm-hmm. you know but when I get an email back or a message, to me it like makes my heart jump. I'm like, huh, mm-hmm. whoo! You know, I tell, <laughs> told my girlfriend, I'm like, Sunday, Sunday, here we Indiana, go. we're going. <laughs> like, it's the tenth. It's in a month. She's like, eh, okay, yeah, you know? dude. I, I remember uh, we first started talking. I checked out your music. I loved it. I was like, Chris, I sent him a link for uh, Winter, mm-hmm. and he's like, dude, I love this. You said yes, right? I said, <laughs> hell yeah! I said yes. This dude's coming on. So, it means it means a lot to me to like have um, someone say yes to me. Like I, I don't, you know, that's what the nerve is like all about. It's mm-hmm. like be, I've been told no so many times for for really like dumb or no reason, mm-hmm. which is totally with if it's if it's either or. I, I don't really care because the people that have told me no, it's like 
just as valid as me telling someone else no. Yeah, you're you know? allowed to. You're allowed to do totally. what you need. But yeah, and you know, we're allowed to progress past that. We're too. A, like we're a small podcast. We want to do the best that we can mm-hmm. for the people that say no to people. Yeah, that are being told no. That I makes mean, sense. We want to be the ones that say yes. Mm-hmm. We want to get you out there. We want to do what we can to promote you the best way that we can. Yeah. No, it uh, podcasts seem to be better than radio at this point. Yeah, I, uh, I have to agree. Yeah, it's... we were we were talking about this a little bit earlier. I was like, you know, we could do XM radio. Yeah, like XM is basically podcasting that's it just is. on a radio station. That's, I mean, that they... was the first people to to just center, you know, oh, this isn't like on FM, but you're still radio. Like yeah. podcasts mm-hmm. are radio. It's all yeah. it's all a form of the same thing. Like mm-hmm. it all started. I mean, it all started with people just wanting to hear people talk. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, anyways, John, um, before we get into what I'm guessing is going to be a very interesting conversation, the first question we like to ask our guests on the Teen Junkies podcast is, if a one-armed man commits a crime and the police arrest him, how do they handcuff him? <laughs> you To his belt loop. <laughs> to his belt loop. <laughs> there you go. You actually had an answer That's for That's a good <laughs> That wouldn't that wouldn't be the worst. Yeah, I guess it wouldn't, wouldn't be that bad. They just handcuff him to his ankle and he just has to stay <laughs> Oh, that would that would be the worst. That would be the worst. Uh, oh, that would be the worst. Yeah. <laughs> so how did how were you inspired? I went to like, How was I inspired to think of that answer? No. <laughs> so before you got here, he said he had he had one scheduled and then he was like, I was driving back from getting food and i saw something that inspired this question and i was like what? Oh i stopped God. at the gas station and there was one armed man oh, <laughs> and yeah. was being pretty loud i was like oh i wonder if someone could call like the cops on him for being like a public nuisance or something uh, and he i was, was like how would they handcuff him <laughs> yeah i mean those are questions you ask yourself i mean you know but the thing is like i bet he was probably a pretty nice guy see that's the one thing i've been like trying to educate myself on being more conscious of is that when i see somebody who is annoying me or i think is a piece of trash or whatever judgy like emotional response i get out of like an initial reaction i'm like chris this is a person they have a life and you don't know where they just came from exactly maybe they just got some shitty news and they're just using this instance to be the outlet of that frustration you just explained facebook yeah, I know. That's <laughs> yeah, like I know. literally what it is. Like mm-hmm. people, good people that get frustrated because of how life treats them. Mm-hmm. And then they use it as an outlet and then you just get. You're allowed but, to be annoyed at first. Yeah. But just remember that Gotta think there's about, a story yeah. behind how they're acting. You don't really know it. However, though, and you'll and like this is like a part of like the music stuff, too. Like I find that a lot of the, the stuff that like this whole like movement is about is like not letting all that shit that's like getting at you annoy you. Like the nerve of some people is supposed to be just that's just for them. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm I'm trying to promote like a, a culture almost where you can it's, you know, feel how you feel, like be a dick. If, like, if you want to keep on being a dick, like. You can. You can. That's That's totally great. For some people. I'm trying to make people not like change, but just I'm trying to make people ask themselves questions like, okay, so I'm being an asshole. Mm -hmm. Who is that benefiting? And how long has that been benefiting anyone? And then kind of like from there, it's your choice. Mm -hmm. It's entirely your choice to like make a move. And um, 
I don't know. I mean, you probably see a lot of my f- Facebook posts on like my personal Facebook. Like, yeah, the amount of people. There's a lot of people that I just deal with. That sometimes just make you're me, hilarious, though. So. Well, <laughs> some, I mean, you know, <laughs> thank you. But sometimes I just get so fucking fed up with. Uh, people that just don't get it and don't want to get it mm-hmm. and they don't want to understand like how to not let mm-hmm. other people affect them yeah. uh, and let alone that or use that for a creative outlet mm-hmm. and it's like just breathe yeah, yeah. actually though actually though that was very interesting but that was <laughs> not the first question we have to yes. ask our guests. That's not actually the first one. The first one we actually ask here at the Toon Junkies podcast is, what was the first concert you ever attended? Mm. I think it was Tracy Lawrence, country artist. Oh, okay. Yeah, I got yeah. started on country. Hey. I got a Chris Stapleton shirt right there. I don't know who Chris Stapleton is. He is an amazing new country artist, and it's Hell not yeah. like the pop country. It's like old, soulful Sad country. Taking and notes on us. Ooh. I like it. I bring this thing everywhere, man. This is like my. Oh, I have three books. I have, uh, I have this book, the finance book, and then another book for other other things. Mm. Want to tell us about that Tracy Lawrence concert? Oh yeah, it was like uh like uh, uh I don't really remember it super well, but I remember really Young? like yeah I was <laughs> like four. Oh, oh damn. man, yeah. you knew that like, much. Yeah. I just remember loving Tracy Lawrence, and he was great. Um, and I would listen to his music like on repeat, like my dad, you know, he had like a CD player. There was mm-hmm. like, we had a lot of audio stuff around the house, which is like great. Mm-hmm. And I would just listen all the time and I would like play drums to it. You know, like I would learn his stuff. Um, That's really cool. But yeah, it's just, I don't know. When I saw him live, I was like, wow, like this is nuts. And the coolest thing was like, the, I kept seeing him and then I was seven, you know, a few years later and I saw him again in, in Belleville, Michigan, um, and I think that what really solidified this whole music thing in my head was uh, my dad, you know, uh, who, you know, he, so he wrote this, like, I don't know what he even wrote. It was like a napkin or like a letter or whatever. We were front row and he was like, passed it up to Tracy, like, you know, the like the nerve, right? Yeah. He just passes it up and he's like, my son like knows all your music. You know, he knows how to play it all on drums, which like I did. Mm-hmm. And um, he read it and like on like a chance, you know, he took me up there. Right. What? Yeah. So I played drums with him for one song. No shit. No way. That's after, really cool. Then after that, he invited me back to play again, like at another on the second leg of his tour. And mm-hmm. I think it was at Freedom Hill uh, Amphitheater, which is like it was in front of like twenty thousand people. Yeah. And that was the moment. That right there was the exact moment when I like playing in front of all those people as like a, a now an eight year old. Right. You know, I was like, especially that was in the middle of my parents' divorce, crazy shit happening. Mm-hmm. That gave me everything. That's, yeah. the, that's where you can look back and point out this is where it all started. The yeah. catalyst. There's there's nothing like seeing that many people. And yeah. I haven't I haven't played in front of that many people since. So mm-hmm. it's like this fucking this ache mm-hmm. to do it. Yeah. Sorry for my long form answers. I No, no, dude, I'm loving this. A lot. No, I good. just love what you're saying like uh when I've been on stage and I've even not 20,000 people, but a group of people and they're my friends and they're cheering and you know it's it's a high it's an adrenaline yeah. rush oh, yeah. it's, it's see, great it's kick ass to see the approval of yeah. thousands yeah. of people in front of you yeah. it's like there's something they're mm-hmm. going oh shit 
the like see why cult leaders stick to it yeah like look at all these people that are worshiping me right now i mean if you have a sociopath (laughs) you know (laughs) i have tendencies then you can have everything else i love the golf sweater by the way that's like that's some mint shit i tried to get the same one but it was sold out and people have been like making like what do you mean golf i was like (laughs) golf Golf? like no it's that's not what it's golf wang funny story I, i just made fun of it in the guests that were here just before you, oh my god! And I was like, "Oh, look at the golf shirt. It's like the word art font from the old this Microsoft." Yeah, this wasn't cheap. No, I know, man. Tyler <laughs> makes a good penny off of his stuff, man. It's uh, no, I feel you. No, clo- the good good clothes, good things are not yeah. cheap. Did you say Tyler like Tyler the Creator? Yeah, is that who that is? Yeah, golf. What golf? Wang Wang Sap. The whole. Uh, anytime you see stuff like that, that's that's his whole. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. He's making a lot of money. I did not know that. Uh, Tyler. I bet you feel pretty dumb now, huh? <laughs> yeah. hey, he's I a don't, big influence but... <laughs> though, man, because like the reason that I'm like a like a all in one at doing everything is because yeah. I when Flower Boy came out, mm-hmm. I realized like hold on. So like Tyler does everything. Like mm-hmm. I realized that and I was like, fuck. That's crazy. Can I do that? And yeah. you know, his music is like all about that. My favorite artist is Frank Ocean too, and so like Oh, Frank thing, Ocean's you know, so good. I have him tattooed on my arm the whole, nice. whole oh, face. Cool. Uh I guess um usually I'd ask at this point, let's take it back to the beginning, but I guess I know exactly where it's starting. Yeah. When you were eight years old playing drums. So what happens next in the life in John Pemmon? I played um I've just practiced a lot. I practiced so much. Um my mom and dad were like strict about it, but they weren't like, you know, like they weren't like helicopter parents, I like guess. Like strict against yeah. it or strict about it? Strict about it. They oh, wanted, like, okay. you know, like they got me stuff, but they wanted me to like not waste my fucking time. Right. Like, you know, which I I didn't get it then, but I get it now. Oh, I completely. totally believe it. Like if like, you buy your kids some shit, you know, like. My parents bought me my alto saxophone. Yeah, dude. I'm like that's not it's cheap. Expensive. Yeah. It's over you're gonna a thousand fucking bucks. learn how to play this, and you're gonna play this good. <laughs> yeah. Like I my spent mom. The money. Uh-huh. At I, first, I was like, I just want to be part in band. Mm-hmm. When I was like, oh, I better get good at this though. I better Literally. practice outside of practice. Yeah, mm-hmm. dude, alto. That was that was my I think my sixth instrument. Nice. And it that was one of the hardest ones. Yeah. Because woodwind is like oh, so finicky. Yeah, and I couldn't do um I couldn't do the bass one, uh bass saxophone the E flat. Yeah. Bass sax. Yeah. I, I don't have the breath for it. Like I oh, don't no, have. Dude. I can't I, do it. I got sometimes I had barely enough breath for like. Or a bear t- berry sax. Yeah. I mean, the berry sax is hard, too. You have to, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. You just got to have breath. There's there's a, there's a, there's people that have lungs for it. But I remember it was the same thing. Like, I got, you know, an alto, and my mom was like, you fucking better. <laughs> That's what my, yeah, my dad, like, yeah. <laughs> but um, I guess, like, yeah, no, just a lot of practice happened. Uh, a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, My dad was, uh, like, so, uh, preface, so I, I stopped talking to my dad, and, like, when I was 18, um, but like, you know, prior to that, uh, prior to like things, you know, kind of falling apart, um, he How was actually uh, 23, okay. about to be 24. Okay. Oh, cool. And so, you know, he, uh, as much as he has, uh, his, his issues, he was incredibly supportive about the mm-hmm. music. Uh-huh. Um, we're talking, you know, like someone that like, that I can't talk to anymore. I can not count the amount of times he saved my ass with yeah. the music stuff. Um, and he basically was uh just the reason that like i was able to do a lot of stuff he would pour a lot of his money uh into it you know even though it wasn't like expensive brand new stuff you know a lot mm-hmm. of it was he was still typical, su- like, helping and supporting. exactly yeah. you know there was one time i had a drum set that was made out of a bunch of different pieces from different 
kits, mm-hmm. you know, different matching. Like a Frankenstein yeah. kit, yeah. yeah. You know, completely. And I, in my mind, even like when I was like eight or nine, like after p- having played professionally uh, for a while, like with my uncle Dan's like polka band for a while, like I got the gist of playing gigs. I started understanding it. Mm-hmm. I knew at like eight or nine what I wanted. Like I knew preference wise, right. like what, mm-hmm. what depth toms I wanted. I knew like how stuff sounded, not to the degree I do now, but I remember around like nine or 10, I started knowing like the difference between like maple and birch and mahogany mm-hmm. and you know like hearing stuff um and i think that what happened after that is pr- progressive rock happened and i found dream theater oh and there you go that changed everything <laughs> and then my hair it it all of a sudden tripled in length <laughs> Just, it's weird how that <laughs> happens awesome. right i know spontaneously <laughs> oh, like in spongebob where dennis grew the mustache yes <laughs> literally <laughs> And then from there, it just evolved. Like, I mean, like, from it was like, I was I was in a band called Undecided when I was like 10. That was my first band band. Wow. Um, and it was, we were playing gigs like pretty frequently in like Howell and Brighton and stuff. It was just a bunch of kids at, um, it was like this Brighton Howell School of Rock, uh, Brandon something, I forgot was the teacher. Um, mm-hmm. But he just like got, Fraser? we were his students. <laughs> And he brought us together and made a band, just like the fucking movie, pretty much. Oh, like, nice. that was his whole idea. Like, mm-hmm. he named the place School of Rock, and so we'd play, like, shows and stuff, and um, it was cool. And we'd get paid, too, because we were, like, we were really, we were pretty decent. Yeah. You know, and I played drums, like, consistently. Like, I was always the drummer of mm-hmm. everything. So that fell apart after a while, because it's a, you know, it's a kid's band, like, right. like 10 or 11. Um, our vocalist was the 16-year-old girl. And I remember when I was 10, I thought that was the coolest thing. I'd be like, my, yeah. I'd tell my friends, I'd be like, you should come see this show <laughs> because you just, it's badass. And they'd show up, they'd be like, oh my what? God. And you know, like my friend Arthur, like, you know, uh, a lot of my friends just for that matter, they're into like classic rock. And so they'd be like, oh my God, it's like heart or it's like Fleetwood uh, Mac. I'm like, well, it's not like that. It's significantly lesser than that. <laughs> but you got the right well, point. You. Like, yeah, yeah, like there's, yes, there so was a lady frontman. So I thought like that's cool. And that like shaped a lot of the reason that I write music now with like um you know, it transcended into like I was in some prog bands. Uh there was a few too many to even fucking talk about and mm. it just went from band to band to band. Um until I decided uh twenty seventeen I was like <sighs> After writing like a solo album, I was like, I just need to do just me. Just mm-hmm. like I can't, um, I can't be like, you're, only, you know, you're only as strong as you're like your weakest link. And yep. out of all the band members, nobody would ever get it together. Um, and Bands can be a very yeah. fickle. So that's creature. the thing. Uh, we've talked to a lot of solo artists like yourself, and oftentimes they're like, Oh, I was in a band once, but I found it so much easier just do me, mm-hmm. yeah. be by myself, because then, <clears throat> you know, I. I I make the decisions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, the I crash yes. or I can fly. Mm-hmm. But knowing that I made the decision yeah. makes it worth it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like my dad or at was least tolerable. Uh, my dad was like partially, you know, he um, admittedly was like a criminal. Uh, but like that taught me a lot of things as a kid because, um, you know, like I keep thing I keep my shit on the straight and narrow, mm-hmm. especially now, um, you know, but like growing up, it taught me like, there is ways around the normal ways that people do things. Yeah. That was the first lesson Loopholes, it taught me. Yeah. And it taught me it in the wrong way. But I, I was smart enough because my mom, who's not, you know, like that. Mind right. you, they were both cops. <laughs> so had mm. good cop, bad cop situation. But my mom would always, like, remind me, like, she would give me the opposite. 
and she would be like, you know, fuck him, whatever, this and that. Like, this is the way to be. So I <laughs> yeah. got this logic and sense, mm-hmm. and I got this crazy shit, and right. I combine them so together. So yin-yang. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. And I learned how to take logic and use it to, to bend things, especially in music, like rules about you music, you know, like mm-hmm. things sounds and stuff like that like it, it taught me that you know whenever <laughs> it taught me whenever i was producing like uh if something sounded funky it's like okay then keep doing it and then tweak it and fuck around with it right until it's like sounds good mm-hmm. you know and uh mm-hmm. i think that that backwardsness that like growing up with like a f- weird like fucked up childhood kind of was like almost what helped the music be you know the way it is and I say it like that because it's, I'm not trying to say like having a fucked up childhood is like a good thing. No, that's the, uh, it seems to be the plight of many musicians of, yeah. of like, it suck. You don't want people to have like a bad upbringing, but God damn it, does it make for some good music? It does. Like you can really pull, you can really pour that trauma into music yeah. and it makes beautiful stuff. Yeah. Like, I mean, there is 86 songs written for my last record, Less Morose, More Present. And only 16 are on the record. And what happened to the, uh, excuse my math, but what happened to the other 70? S- okay, they're on yeah. my computer. <laughs> He's like, are you going to be like B sides and rarities? Just like they're, little. Depending on like how EPs. I feel, like there's, there's five that I'm releasing on a new EP, mm-hmm. uh, just ballads that are basically like a lot of people have been requesting um, stuff like that album yeah. because it's a completely different sound than like mm-hmm. this new poppy, you know, stuff. And it's purposeful. But I figured, like, you know, they want more of that. I'm not in that headspace anymore. Yeah. Um, and I don't think I ever will be. Uh, that was written when I was when I was really, really depressed. It was the whole point was being less morose. Right. And more present. I can't, like, I'm not, like, really feeling that way anymore. So I think that my best compromise was, like, okay, well, dig through the vault and mm-hmm. find, like, an EP's worth of stuff for them you know because it's just i don't know I, I can't go back to that like right you can't regress i would uh personally i am a fan of the sad stuff because mm-hmm. i have my depressive episodes mm-hmm. and Same. um i'm gonna send you a link to an unreleased one that's just got hell finished. yeah so like i know a lot of people be like yo i wrote this many years ago and i wasn't gonna put it out because that's not who i am anymore and it's like that may be and i respect that but that I'm not telling you have to conform to your fans or whatever, yeah. but like there are people that are still in that headspace, and if you can write something that'll make them feel less alone, I'm always for that. Yeah, and that's the whole point of this like, you know, movement. Like before, I named it Sleeping Brother. It was uh, everybody eats, but then Brother Nature got really, really, really famous. Oh yeah, and he started saying that a lot when I was, and I was like, oh well, okay, cool. I'm yeah. glad that that's like a thing now, but mm-hmm. like had to change the name. Like yeah. I'm not gonna step on his shit, so. The situation happened on a plane. Uh, I'm not going to explain that because that's like a long story. But <laughs> a thing happened, and now it's Sleeping Brother. There we go. You know, this is Spark Notes version yeah. of it. <laughs> this is <the> Spark Notes. <laughs> Who would you say were some of your like biggest inspirations for the sound and music that you make? The, for this for this current records like all time. Oh, all time. Current, past. Dream Theater is like huge um, because they taught me to like. I had, you have to learn how to listen to it. Yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. it's hmm. a lot of it doesn't make sense. 
Interesting. Until it does, and then you learn, and you're like, it makes perfect sense. That, Why didn't it make sense before? You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> it's it's weird. That Frank Ocean, once I found out about him, Tyler, uh, I should really just say All of Odd Future. Yeah. Because that's like, they were the first to do what they did. Mm-hmm. That made me feel really good about music. Breaking Benjamin, they are huge to mm-hmm. me. I, They're like ridiculously important to me. Um, Tracy Lawrence, for sure. Um, like Fleetwood Mac, oh, especially. Yes. Um, you know, I, like I saw your your Doors poster. Like I lo- I like the Doors, but I was I didn't really listen to like Jim Morrison solo stuff, and I wasn't like the biggest fan of his poetry. But I um, specifically was influenced by Ray Manzarek. Yes, okay. specifically, He's, he is amazing. I'd go on YouTube and look up rips of just like him playing you know and mm-hmm. rest in peace i can't believe that he's like that's that still can't believe that but um he was, How he was Jim took all the credit really yeah it's really strange mm-hmm. and now he's buried in an unmarked grave in france i believe yeah the and thing. that's the one thing that like i always am distraught about the whole doors saga is that everyone's like oh jim was so good it's like jim was great but Jim? you also have to take into account that Jim was high all the time, and the yeah. band had to learn how to read him and play with him. Yeah, Jim was and that's the how weakest good of musicians they he were. He was the weakest link yeah. of his band. I know mm-hmm. that sounds weird yeah. to say, but he was. He was phenomenal. I mean, there's a reason. Well, that just shows how great the rest of the band is. Yeah. If we're saying yeah. Jim Morrison was the least talented of the Doors, mm-hmm. I mean, he was. He's the face of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, the Ink Spots are a huge influence to me. Um, like Frank Sinatra. Uh, we share the same birthday, me Fucking, and Frank. Man, he's just the all the crooners really, you know, mm-hmm. Dean Martin, like all of that. Ella Fitzgerald, um, she's a little bit further back, like 44, 45. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of like uh Fred Astaire? No. Uh I don't who? No. Fred Astaire. Who's that? Heaven, I'm in heaven. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that song. <laughs> wow, I haven't heard that name in like a long time. No. Me neither. Fred Astaire. And I just watched Ocean's Eleven too. That's <laughs> wild. Um, 100, Ocean's One Hundred and Twelve. There was what? Yes. Who else? <laughs> and like stuff like uh, um, like Roy Orbison and like man, Tom the fuck Petty. That uh, is literally that that's that him and Frank Ocean might be the, my two favorite artists in the whole world. Tom Petty. He so good. Pit six. We real. didn't deserve him. Yeah. He changed music, arguably as much as Michael Jackson did. I advise anyone listening to this to go watch the Tom Petty documentary. It's about four hours long. Ooh, man, he the he he reshaped how record labels treat bands. Yeah, so serious. Hmm. He had this legendary lawsuit where he like earned the publishing rights back, um, and he made this album called "Damn the Torpedoes" afterwards. Okay, and it just like it flew in the face of label. Economics, mm. and he made one hundred percent. Like I, I don't think it was one hundred percent, but he owned most of a it. A big chunk of it, yeah. But, I was reading. Yeah. So Spotify does this thing where they do like they'll pull up genius facts. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. and there was a. I was listening to "Running Down a Dream," and the guitar <laughs> solo at the end of that was one take. Yeah, the dude. Uh, they recorded the song and then they sent him in and he was like, all right, just, you know, let's work out something. And then he played the song and that dude ripped that guitar solo yep. one take just off his fucking head. And he was like, this is Tom. I think Tom is quoted as saying, he's like the best guitar player I've ever met in my whole life is, I don't know his name, but it was, it was, um, it was, uh, Campbell, Mike Campbell. Yes. Please. And he was like, just being able to spit that out mm-hmm. one take. And he's like, 
it doesn't get any better. And than now that. Mike Campbell is in Fleetwood Mac. Oh, Fleetwood Mac. So now you have two greats. Mm-hmm. You know, but yeah, that's that's who influenced me roughly. I I could mm-hmm. go on for a long time, but that's like the names that appear first, right? And I think that's like the most valuable. Um, yeah, I don't know. A lot of mm-hmm. playing Fallout, video game music. <laughs> no. Yeah. Oh. You know what I mean? Like yes, that that kind of stuff. Like. Um, even like GTA three, if you remember before there was real music oh, yeah. on the radio, like the yeah. fake music, mm-hmm. some of it was good. Yeah. Like, They're like that fake 80 synth yeah. pop stuff they had on. I love that, that shit. weird, you know, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's just, it makes me happy. Dude, some of the radio shows on that fucking game I know. made me laugh so, so hard. Funny. <laughs> was it Laszlo? Yeah, Laszlo. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that shit so is imprinted funny. in my brain. I'll never yeah. forget that. And like a lot of times, stuff like that, they get the celebrity voices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> that yep. was so funny. Christopher Walken. My yeah. dad hate. My dad was so like hesitant to buy that game for me because yep. it was rated M, and I was only like fucking twelve or thirteen at the time. Yeah. Rated and M he for was, me. Yeah, he was like, I don't know about this, and I played it, and I was like, oh, this game's fine, but then he'd come in, he'd see me, like, killing people, yeah. hitting people with cars. I'm like, that's just a game. Yeah. <laughs> my, my favorite quote that I've never uh, forgotten was, I forget what you have to do, but, like, you're walking through the street, and you, like, run into somebody, and somebody will yell, my mother's my sister. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that shit made me laugh that every time. Okay, so funny. You'd hear, like... Yeah, sir, I've been drinking again. <laughs> GTA 4, you'd hit someone and someone would go, cheesy vagina. I remember that. I'm like, huh? Dude, that, <laughs> really? I love the, like, the one, just one the off, one-off that yeah. people pass by. GTA uh, 5 has some, like, really funny, like, when you pass somebody and they're on the phone, yep. some weird conversations that they're having. Uh, so good. It's, yeah. Wow. You guys roommates. are making me like nostalgia trip right now, asking me like what influenced me, like all that stuff. Is oh, well, good. that's what we like to do here. Yeah, maybe yeah. We'll, maybe we'll inspire some old nostalgia, yeah. and you can write yeah. some old material. Yeah, maybe you can Give use like a SoundCloud. There's a song on uh, SoundCloud that's it's not out till January, but it's on SoundCloud for now. It's actually just purely about nostalgia. It's called oh, nice. Vice City. Vice City. It's literally just about like. Staying up until midnight with your cousin playing GoldenEye on the uh, N64. GoldenEye. Making yes. bologna and fucking, you know, Miracle Whip sandwiches. Like my childhood, you know, getting alcohol from his bar, like mm-hmm. when we were like nine years old. Just like oh, shit. Awesome. trying Canadian club for the first time. We were like, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> fuck. I raise your bologna and uh, Miracle Whip sandwich and I raise you ketchup bread. Fuck yeah. yeah <laughs> that Dude, was my snack bread when I was a good. kid. It's not, oh. I was be like, ours would be like, a hot dog and a tortilla. Yes. Oh, yeah. Bro, dude, it's, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Kids are so fucking weird. Yeah. Like, I like this and I like yeah. this. So I'll put them together and eat them. I uh, still do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's good. It's so, good. You came all the way down here. Fuck yeah, I did. To tell us about what? I came to tell you about uh about the uh, the new the new record. Ooh, um, spooky. It's um <laughs> we should spin a joint. We should spin one that's not quite out yet, but is out on SoundCloud because people aren't listening. But well, you want to listen to it like right now? Oh, I mean, if you wanted to play it on the air, that would be. Well, we're not really live. No, obviously not live. We but... could pause it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah and we then could discuss it. Yeah, we could pause it, play it, and That'd then be... discuss it. Yeah. Cool. I know. Cool. I totally just repeated what you said. Yeah, but that's okay. Smart when you said it. Pause it, <laughs> play it, and discuss it. There we go. Now everyone said it. Now Sweet. it's fair. 
and that was Final <laughs> Rains by John Penman. Dude, that was beautiful. Thanks. Oh man, that was <laughs> really, really impressive. Talk I to us about that. It. It's um, so uh, it's a song that I wrote uh, to my dog before she died, and um, because she would like she would, like I was I was saying you know during our smoke break like she's like she was scared and she was uh, abused by whomever the fuck before we got her, mm-hmm. and so um. She had like a really f- big fascination with corners. She could not be left alone, um, mm-hmm. which resulted in me having to like quit like my job and everything. Like I sacrificed everything to make sure she was taken care of. Aww. You said her name was Prudence, Prudence after the Beatles song. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, because she wouldn't, she didn't know how to play when we first got her. Yeah, she was so fucking abused. Like we'd throw Ooh. a ball, and she would not know what to do with it. Yeah, she'd just look, be like, "So was that? Towards, yeah. Was you throwing that at me?" We had to bring her around other dogs she would watch and she learned how to play and there'd be this like thing um those who are listening you can't see it but like if you like you know jumped at her real quick after a while i would teach her like if i jump that means it's play time yeah so she started not abuse time yeah yeah yeah. and she would like she would get it over over time you know i would jump and at first she thought that i was gonna hit her and so i would jump at first and then i'd reach in slowly without looking at her Mm -hmm. you know like just with my face to the side because that's like a non-threatening thing for dogs and i would pet her i'd reward her give mm-hmm. her like some peanut butter or something be like yes this is good like when i jump it's good this is fun we're I, having yeah. fun i also accept peanut butter as a reward exactly <laughs> who doesn't and um not but yeah so that's like background on the dog and she just would sit under the piano while i was like writing music a lot and um oh wow i just broke my bracelet oops oh, no. rip it's okay <laughs> i just found it a week ago so i mean all right uh go. well so she, i wrote i would write the song for her though like i'd sit there i'd be like if she's gonna sit here i might as well write her something right like, i mean come <laughs> on and um so i wrote it and then she died and then i was mm. like fuck like that's trippy because the song is you know like um you know in the chorus it, even in the first chorus it's you know it's like i'll see you soon mm-hmm. i've waited my whole life to be your best friend and i can be your oh. shelter when the rains come in and it eerily almost like 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 predicts a death like a foreshadow and it's really weird because it then it happened you know and she was hit by a car of all things oh. and it's like it's just strange so now when i hear it especially with the the little instrumental section in the in the middle mm-hmm. like it just sounds strange and like kind of fucked up and weird so that's why like at the very end you know there's a a major chord resolution that kind of like I had designed um, after she had died. I had just added it in, into the song, and you can hear very clearly because the keyboard that it is is not used in the rest of the song. It's mm-hmm. <laughs> separate Pro Tools session. Um, but like I added it in because I figured like the way the song would have ended was like really like depressing as it is. And yeah. after it had been made into a real situation, I'm like, why not get like creative with like different modes and chords at the very end and kind of like instead of using words, you know, use, use the modes as what they were originally meant for, you know, when people used Phrygian, Mixolydian, you know, uh, Dorian, anything, any kind of mode. You had described it to us too as like the stages of grief. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like each chord was like meant to kind of go down that path of like what I was feeling. And then at the very end, um, you have the final major chord, which is distraction, which is, you know, I feel like that's the the final stage of grief. Like after you've, Mm -hmm. 
you never really you never really get over it. You become okay with it. You, you learn you how to deal it, with it, mm-hmm. and then you get distracted. Yeah, that's what they call something. they call acceptance, but I like yeah. distraction better because that I makes think, sense. Well, I feel like distraction comes after acceptance, honestly, because hmm. you once you accept it, you have to figure out something else to think about. Yeah, Just I mean it's it's it. kind of like addiction where you learn how to deal with because you're never not addicted you just learn how to cope with it and then you find distractions when you have the triggers yeah yes uh, we lost two dogs yeah we lost two dogs within a five-month period around two years ago both to cancer it was a great dane who had had less than a year right it was the sweetest girl ever shady i still love you and then lou was a boxer that we rescued that we you know, we got the surgeries that would only add so much time. You know yeah. what I mean? But it's just delaying the inevitable. Uh, yeah, and, and the they end. had to both be put down. It was the humane thing to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, you know, not so long after that, we got a puppy. And I guess to me, I'm that's a distraction. Yeah, yeah. we got is. a new dog. Mm-hmm. Literally to be friends with the mm-hmm. one dog that we still had that remained. Yeah. Well, like those dogs' energies will and flow through like, you too. Mm-hmm. You know, like the stuff that you she's learn. his best friend, but she hates him because he's a Doberman and she's getting older. Oh my gosh, <laughs> <laughs> she, that's funny. Yeah, he likes to play. Yeah, and she'll play sometimes. When she's done, she's done. Yeah, no, it's that's how dogs are. I feel like, yeah. but like even I don't know her. It's just it's bittersweet because I feel like she like the dog dying is the reason that a lot of the work that I'm doing is even happening, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I don't mean to like for anyone that's like thinking, wow, it's just so like depressing. Why are you even talking about this? It matters so much. It's yeah. the, you know, it's like, don't act like the pet in your life doesn't yeah. mean everything to you. You know, like it, what it taught me is like I had to sacrifice everything. Like, like I wasn't a celebration working, of life too. You know, mm-hmm. same time. Yeah. Like I wasn't making any money. I was broke. I got behind rent. I DTE had shut off my fucking energy. You know, consumers had shut off my energy. Like, a lot of shit went down mm-hmm. because we were trying to scramble to figure out how to take care of this dog. And mm-hmm. so, you know, and she would s- not even a bark, a scream when we weren't around. Mm. So our neighbors were like, it was a whole thing. But to cut to the to the main part of it, it's like when she left this earth, it gave me, like, I, I had to, I had to 24-7 be doing something to help her. Yeah. So then it it required me doing something else twenty four seven because at that point I had never worked that hard. Mm-hmm. I had never had something in this world teach me that I could be that patient, mm-hmm. that I could work that hard, and that I could do that much. And I remember there was a conscious moment when I went upstairs. I was with a client when I got the call. I was recording someone's music. I was it was like a ghostwriting thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I go upstairs and I take the call and I come back down. I'm like, hey, dude, like this is the situation. Uh, could we re- like reschedule? Like uh, I'm like crying my I eyes gotta out. I gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> And I, I was screaming once he left, just wailing and fucking like neighbors pounding on the door for a second. You know, I'm like, shut the fuck up. Like, I, like I'm like, let I'm me, fine. you don't, yeah, you know, like, you let don't know what's going this. on next, yeah. you know. And I remember I, I rolled a joint and I was like, okay, I'm going to, you know, like it's, this isn't, I, I just distinctly remember telling myself, I'm not getting high to escape. I need to smoke this joint to calm down and I really need to think about what my next move is. I need to face this. Because if I do something even somewhat unhealthy during this moment of of real like whatever i'm i'm fucked and it's so gonna I, keep going that way yeah. yeah and so i sat down you know took a few breaths i got like halfway through the joint and i just realized like you know music like is the only thing that i know how to work that hard on i've mm-hmm. ar- I'd already been working hard but i realized i was like 
that was nothing. Mm-hmm. Like the work that I thought was hard work in quotations, like it's not, it's not, it was nothing compared to that. So mm-hmm. ever since then, I've been just like, I've been busting my fucking ass since June and I wrote a ton of fucking music and now, you know, a lot of it's coming out and people are fucking responding. You know, I'm, I'm spending a lot of money, a lot of, I'm still, you know, I finally got a job, which is another thing that when she died, it, that allowed me to do is like time. I had time to do stuff. So I, mm-hmm. I then I now have a job. Thank God. You know, it's like, thanks to her mm-hmm. in this weird fucked up way. I yeah. now can do all this music stuff. Thanks to her. I can now go, we, me and my girlfriend can go to the grocery store together. Mm-hmm. We couldn't do that before because one of us had to be with her. Like everything changed. And it's like, <clears throat> I do this for her. I do it for everyone, but I especially do it for her because every mm-hmm. time that I like fuck up or I'm about to make like a, a regressive decision, mm-hmm. even in regards to music, I always think like, well, that's a waste of her life. As brutal as that sounds, I know I, I maybe I shouldn't dog on myself like that, but that's like, that's how I think, you know? Yeah. It's I mean, like, I wouldn't say it's the healthiest, uh, like no. motive, but if it works and it's yeah. not super detrimental, then, you know, you got to take it in strides. Yeah. No, yeah, definitely. And I don't take it black and white. Like, I take it at, like, you know, with a grain of salt, rather. Right. Like, if I fuck up, I'm going to be like, well. Live and learn. You know, live and learn, I guess. Like, because what she would want me to do in that moment is to learn and do better. Mm -hmm. So, no matter what, it's a win win. Like, I'm never down on myself because no matter what, if I fuck up, even if I fuck up something I fucked up before, as long as I do a little better next time, Mm -hmm. as long as I aim for way better and get a little better, it's, you know, it's just the, the key is doing better. Like, that's just what I want to do is better. This whole story makes me want to write a song for Kitty. Kitty, if you're listening, I promise I'll write you a song. Kitty's my cat. Oh, God, he's, I bet she's listening. He's he's such a sweet boy. Oh, he? Oh, he's my bad. He's such a sweet boy. Just Act- assume his cat's gender. <laughs> I know. Fuck. <laughs> 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 Canceled. He's, I know. Fuck he's me. He's a good boy. He's yeah. all right. Dude, cats are great. Yes, he's them. my best friend. Yeah, man. You know, I don't know. Loss creates uh, okay. a void to fill. He is. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I really go there. I don't go there too much, but like, you know, you Dude. guys are asking some good questions. So. Pets, pets bring it out of you, man. Thanks. Pets bring it out of you. Like there's, it's this weird, like they're so pure and they don't have, at least that we understand, they don't have the, <laughs> the, um, the hangups that the conscious mind has, the yeah. ego has. And so we just look at them as these pure, innocent creatures and yeah. they inspire us. Some people, like for me, a lot of the shit I do is so that I can provide a better life for my cat. Yeah, <laughs> so, I feel you. Wow. <laughs> that's what I want to do is I want to spoil him. I want to make him have the happy. He's not going to live as long as I am. Exactly. So I'm going to make sure every waking moment in his life is the best it can be. Yeah, because he's going to feel it like three times as hard. Mm-hmm. Like That's nuts i'm gonna clone him too when he dies because i didn't get to have him when he was a kitten oh my gosh so i want i want to have that part too yeah hopefully by the time he dies call him kitty two kitty three though yeah you can't you you can't give him different names that's gotta be kitty (laughs) 2.0 yeah kitty gets called a lot of things so he gets called bebes he gets called bebe he gets called bubby he's called kitty kitters dingus uh, kyle xy kitty xy yeah Yeah, he has no belly button then. He yeah. gets lots. So he gets lots. That's of the names. one thing I remember about that show. So I don't think I've ever seen an episode, but I remember like the posters. Like he yeah. didn't have a belly button. Yeah, that's Good what marketing. I remember too. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Yeah, 
show must have been trash then because I don't think it lasted very long. But that was a good uh, concept. Yeah, <laughs> it had no belly right. button. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the show. So there's this guy, yeah. and he doesn't have a belly button. None. There that's it is. That's how you can tell yep. it's a clone. There's the show. Because <laughs> like in Spider-Man, when like Peter Parker's clone, when he died, he was able to tell he was the clone because he turned into dust. Oh, weird. I'm sure you know what else button. is going to be turned into dust? People's ears on this tour in April. You see Ooh. that pivot? Ooh. What a segue! <laughs> what a Hell fucking segue! Yes. I, you know what? I learned that from Chris, Chuck and Josh. Find a bomb. <laughs> stuff you Chris, know. Yeah. Find a bomb sound clip and drop it right now. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of dates. Um, Let's hear about it. Who you gonna be with? I'm gonna be with a, another artist from Detroit, uh, Big Juicy. Um, he's a friend of mine. His name is Jacob. He's he's very kind. Um, and me and him have been working together and just kind of hanging out, having like, you know, uh, just little like blunt creative sessions. Like literally, like we, we roll a couple blunts and have a creative session, <coughs> and we like we'll sit and like watch TV. That was gross. Kind of like <laughs> we'll kind of like. Uh, I've been wanting that burp for a minute. You need to burp. We'll like stop in the middle and just start making music and then like sometimes like whatever whatever the creativity does Mm -hmm. basically we'll just let it run shit yeah and it it seems very you know and if you take an acid before like you'll probably understand like what i'm saying like you kind of get it i do and you might hear it like in the way that i talk you know uh it's like a mile a minute like i'm I'm thinking Mm -hmm. almost like 50 words in advance yep trying to and that's kind of how the creative sessions you know go and like we just sit there and, and and let it go and like if if the creativity stops in the middle of a bar, I stop. I turn the computer off. I mm-hmm. go back to Netflix. Yep. You know, comfortably. It's not giving don't up. Don't force it's, it. It's, no, don't force mm-hmm. it at all. It's like I've learned that the second that it goes away, and the more that I've learned, you know, especially I, I'm not trying to advocate acid, but I, I'm literally saying, like, the reason that I learned almost all of <laughs> yeah. this is from taking acid and doing this stuff, making music, working. In this sense, it's it. medicine. Yeah, it mm-hmm. is. You know, there was a time where I microdosed, micro, microdosed, <laughs> <laughs> microdosed for like mm-hmm. 30 days straight, you know, on yep. like uh, 0.1, 0.2 of acid a day. And like. Listener, that means he's not tripping. It's there's, like a tenth of a hit. Yeah. You know. There's no. There's nothing going on there. It's not what you think. But there's a lot going on. There's a lot of creativity boosted. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff uh, going on. I, I relate it to kind of like the feeling of. um. Like, I guess how they explained, like, Sid Barrett when he was in Pink Floyd, you know, how, like, mm. he would be in the studio. Now, he was an example if he took way too much. Yes, acid. he's a perfect example. <laughs> but he would go so back and forth, like, you know, back and forth, back and the forth, back and forth. perfect example mm-hmm. of a bad example. Yeah. Yes. And that's something that, like, you know, doesn't really work. Um, but I took his story, mm-hmm. and even as dangerous as this sounds, and I'm not, I'm, don't try this at home to anybody that's listening, especially if you're underage, please don't do acid. Uh, <laughs> Your brain is not done yet developing, yeah. and it will. It's not fuck it up. It will. I it's not our it. fault. Yeah, <laughs> I tried that. It's not worth it. It's really not. Please don't. Um, but parents, when you, when you like, I looked at Sid Barrett's story, and I thought, okay, well, what if I did that on a smaller scale? Mm-hmm. I get what he was going for. He was really trying to get to the like the the singularity. I like to call it, you know. And I figured, okay, let's just do that. And now, um, I don't know. It just makes everything clearer. It makes it a lot more complicated, and it's also clearer somehow. But, uh, yeah, like the tour. I don't know how I got on that. (laughs) I don't know how the fuck I got on that. 
That's what acid does. I was going to say, that's the perfect, like, that's the one thing I w- people are like, oh, what are hallucinogens like? Well, it's hard to describe. Yeah. You really just have to do, just do a small dose so you yeah. can experience it and then you can test it. There's no, there's really no explanation. Yeah. What you think you've seen in movies, how it's going to be is not what yeah. it is in real life. They'll, they'll change you. Yeah. For sure. And like positive help ways. me get through you, a lot of yeah, shit. They, they really help. Um, they helped me like plan the tour. I'll be dead honest. Like mm-hmm. uh, it's psychedelics in general. Uh, yeah. Cause I had actually microdosed shrooms not too long ago. And um, that was actually really great. Cause I hadn't experienced those in years. Mm-hmm. I had really bad experiences and they had uh, really clear, like clear effects. And I was able to like book an entire tour mm-hmm. uh, in a week. Um, get like, you know, it's 17 days. I was able to pretty much put all this stuff together in one week of constant work with me and my team mm-hmm. and uh it was awesome and so where i'll be going dayton ohio louisville kentucky nashville tennessee birmingham alabama panama city beach florida orlando florida uh jacksonville florida atlanta georgia raleigh north carolina which might be changed for south carolina Okay. We don't know yet. Uh, Baltimore, Maryland, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, New York, New York, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and homecoming show in Detroit. Oh, Damn, wow. that's a but, big uh, ass tour, dog. It's long. We're probably gonna have to have you uh, say that again though at the end of the episode. Yeah, when no we problem. ask you what shows you have coming up, yeah, stuff like that. Absolutely. But, yeah. mm-hmm. but, but that's yeah. a that's a haul. It's that it's gonna be haul. something. Dude, you but, look uh, like Ryan Reynolds, kind of. That people say that a lot. Thank <laughs> yeah, you. I see it. And it, well, hey. Also, one more question. Hey, when I went to go pick, take a pee earlier, mm-hmm. when I left, Chris could be, say "fuck Nick." No, I no. didn't. Okay, because I'm a okay. goddamn professional. <laughs> I remembered, by the way, where I was getting off track on that other rant that I I said. You said, uh, "What are you doing touring with? Who are you touring with?" Oh, big juicy, juicy mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So he's great. We're on the tour together. Um, we're not going to be headlining because, quite frankly, the fan base is growing like really fucking fast, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. crazy. But like we. We're not uh, on a fucking ego trip. That's for damn right. sure. Like we're we're opening for artists, and we're gonna happily mm-hmm. fucking like rock that shit out. Yeah. And it's gonna be great. It's completely self-funded. There is no label involved. There is no outside anybody funding anything. This is all like all just us. This is all self-planning. You know, this is a team of five people planning mm-hmm. this, and that's it. Um, you know, like everything and an- anything that involves music isn't even the team like anything that involves publishing mm-hmm. you know uh getting things copywritten you know merch everything that is john penman itself is all me like that stuff diy yeah completely diy like that's why walking into this like makes me feel like i'm actually at home because you guys clearly it's diy but you you take it fucking seriously mm-hmm. and it's evident because of the four walls that i'm sitting in like it's warm it's fucking put together. It's neatly built, actually. Like, the carpentry looks fucking solid. And it smells great. Overall, it just it <laughs> looks like a fucking radio room, you know? Thank you. Because That's it what is. we like to do here at the Team Junkies Podcast. <laughs> Please the people. It is a fucking Not radio sexually, room. though. <laughs> yeah. And I have these lights in my closet, too. I love them. I always say, one time, I got super, like, trashed. And I had a pass out here. And I couldn't figure out how to turn off the lights. And it pissed me off. And then someone just went, click. Oh my god! <laughs> I was so mad. There's also a remote. Yeah, I yep. know. I didn't know about the remote. I'll do it. I was drunk. Yeah. <laughs> Aren't we all? Yeah. Sometimes. I'm a little buzzed. Yeah. <laughs> I said I'm a little buzzed. All right. Well, 
Um, I feel like there's something else we should talk about. This is why I appreciate not doing... You just did the damn relating, you motherfucker. This is why we're spending too much time together. Uh, That's why I appreciate not being live, because then, Mm -hmm. like, if I fumble, if I'm like, I had something I want to say, but I can't remember it, I can just cut all this out, and no one will be any of the wiser. Um, Did we talk about the tours and why you're here? We just did. Right. Yeah. The reason you you have like a new EP coming out? Yeah. Did um, we talk about that or did we so I got only a, talk I about Prudence? I have several records coming out actually in the next few months. Okay. Like four. four like it's ridiculous. Okay. Um, so we got the one that just, we got Less Morose, More Present released mm-hmm. early this year in January. Um, that's a full length 16 track album. Completely different sound than what I'm making now. Um, but you'll hear it. Then you have The Nerve of Some People, very poppy, rappy. September 28th was, I believe, the release date. Um, January 28th was the release date for the original one. I kind of wanted to just play off the 28th. Right. Just for my own personal shits and giggles. Um, (laughs) And then uh, what we're looking at right now is a re-release of an album I made with a friend. Uh, uh, His name is Young Sigil. That's who he goes by. Uh, Y-U-N-G-S-I-G-I-L on SoundCloud everywhere else. He's great. One of my best friends. Uh, We made an album together in 2017. So I took the 22 tracks that were on that, cut it wow. down. God damn, it's a workhorse. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Big ass album. It's 12 now. Uh, 12 <laughs> of the best cuts. And mm-hmm. I just said, we're going to re-release that. It'll be released as a previously released album. Um, so it's not going to be marketed, not going to be like promoted, but it'll be out. It's like a remaster or something yeah, like that? Yeah, definitely okay. a remaster because the mixes were a little fucked too. Okay. Um, and then I'm re-releasing an album I made with uh, my ninth grade band, a progressive rock album. Ooh. little EP, though, not an album. Uh, like three or four songs, um, debating on cutting certain ones. But it's the mixes are great. We were really talented. Uh, that was one band that did have its shit together. Pardon me. Um, oh, I you literally know, burped earlier. Joke. <laughs> and, like, it was just a, it was a good time. So that's going to be previously released, too. Um, and that's going to be, like, dated for 2014. So the goal is just kind of filling up my Spotify with, like, you know, so when people go, it's like you can. There's a lineage. Right. This has come a long way. Mm-hmm. So we have those two records coming out, um, and then there is uh, so for new music, there's a record called Prudence coming out. It's a uh, five song EP. Um, might add an intro outro to make it seven. Right. Uh, just a little beef it up because mm-hmm. um, that's fun. But that's uh, that's named after my dog Prudence, obviously, and that's going to be just like five ballads that were from uh, of the you know. Like I said, there's a lot of fucking songs above 70 written right. for Less Morose, More Present. So I figured... Cough, cough. You're yeah. welcome to use something from this interview for an <laughs> intro or outro. <laughs> Hell yeah. I actually, I have something I can probably just give to you guys if you ever wanted to use it. All right. From that album. doesn't have lyrics, but it's one of those things, you know. So I'm releasing like five of those uh, on a record. And um, the rest are just going to kind of sit... F- fucking sit there for a while I guess uh, until I like sell them or do something and then the record that I'm really 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 excited to release is the one that mirrors uh, the nerve of some people which is the one that I'm I'm going to be promoting Uh, I'm basically touring the nerve and I'm touring this new one which is called where do we even go from here Okay. Um, and that one I actually released a new song today it's out called be god and that one's uh, today, as in today, 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 yep. or when yeah. this is released? No, today, today, as in uh, today, today. Okay, okay, yeah, uh, November tenth, twenty nineteen. Yeah. So as of this recording, there will be a new. There will be. Yeah, it would have yes. been. There is a new song out. Yeah, yes. and it's uh, it's something. And if you find it on SoundCloud, because it'll be there until January first, 
Uh, it's labeled as opening song. <laughs> I still haven't changed the title. Oops. Uh, but, you know, the title of the song is Be God, so okay. that's that. And um, that EP is going to be out January 1st, and that's like more of the pop, you know, rap stuff. And it's, um, you know, that was written at the same time as The Nerve, and mm-hmm. I just figured instead of releasing it as an album, do half, because half of it felt a certain way. And it all felt similar, but the other half felt a uh, other way. And so uh, it's, you know, I figured let's give them half. See if they care. There you go. See if they give a shit. And uh, you just get a taste. Yeah. If you and like more, give you more. Not, it, exactly. And the, well, not the and penman not giveth <laughs> and the penman <laughs> taketh away. And it's like it, it, it was kind of wildly like not super successful at first. Like I released it and then. It was like a few days, you know, I got like two or three hundred streams, like a usual amount of like, you know, sharing it with friends, whatever mm-hmm. I'm like. But yeah, then there you was shared some statistics. There the was a cap. That were very impressive. Well, that's that's the recent stuff. And I don't really understand it, but I'm totally fine with it. Yeah. <laughs> as, of, as of today, Spotify for Artists updated me. Um, as of yesterday, which is November 9th, mm-hmm. I was at, uh, I believe, 9,600 streams, and it up, it updated to 10,000 later in the day. Nice. Um, a week, right, you said? Just in one week, in the past okay. seven days. Damn. So now we are on November 10th, which is counting from, you know, 10, 7 back, and now we're at 11.5. Wow. So Fuck. It's I'm going proud up to be like, part of those streams, by the way. It's like, <laughs> it's going up, uh, you know exponentially as far as stats go like when i look at the graph Mm -hmm. it's like always way more than it was the day before or the week before and like i'm still uh for indiana ohio michigan for this area on reverb nation i'm still number one locally and regionally for a month now and it's crazy like i've (laughs) never had this shit happen in my life Mm -hmm. motherfucker it's crazy (laughs) it's crazy and i don't know what that means either because nothing like i haven't had anything super like wild fruitful come from that but like seeing that made me be like okay you know (laughs) uh (laughs) and like i the people at reverb nation the senior curators they found my song stay calm don't panic yeah and they curated it uh which basically they like uh if you want to i'm just going to give the cliff notes but they basically when they curate a song they send it to like everyone that they can and yeah. they they you know get in contact with like festivals they're partnered with bonnaroo they're partnered with i believe atlantic records like Ooh. they send it to whoever they're partnered with and mm-hmm. say basically hey this person's you, doing you like pretty this? big right now yeah you know and they but it's also a thing of they don't just say you know we're just pitching artists like i know that that's not how it works yeah they take into account uh band equity that's a mm-hmm. thing on their website where you gain points based on uh it searches through everything, how many streams you're getting, if you're interacting with fans, both right. on your personal, whatever accounts, everything. And they that's what they pitch. Hmm. You know, Reverb Nation as a whole, your profile is almost a press kit that is constantly updating. It's the perfect thing to send to radio, whatever, because huh. then they can see not only who you are, but are you actually active? Right. Are people giving a shit? Mm-hmm. It's fucking awesome. And uh, I haven't checked in like a week for like, uh, global and net, uh, national, but I came all the way down from like unrankable, mm-hmm. you know, in the beginning, one local, one regional. And the last time I checked, I was 15 national and 16 global, Damn. which to me almost makes me shit myself because again, <laughs> well, like I've um, never, don't do it in here. Please. I will try not to, <laughs> but yeah. Well, so when you're, uh, you know, Selling out Madison Square Garden. Don't forget about your friends in the Tune Junkies yeah, podcast. Yeah, you will tickets, get a my fucking press. Woo! 
pass. The press pass. Hell yes, yeah. what you were telling me about. I will make sure nice. of it. Oh, yeah. Press passes kick ass. <laughs> I wish. I wish I was cool enough to get one. Oh, you're cool enough. I'm sure. <laughs> Rome was the numbers you're the day. putting up. You can get one. Maybe Show me your pinky. Maybe I'll email them. I'll be like, you see this? <laughs> you see this pinky? Do you know who I am? <laughs> I'm nobody. Let me in. I am Matthew Broderick. <laughs> I'm Matthew McConaughey. I killed a man. <laughs> Matthew Broderick killed did two kill. people. Did he? Two people? Yeah. Who's Matthew Broderick? Uh, he's Ferris Bueller. Ferris Bueller. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Oh, fuck. He hit a dude with his car. Oh, killed no. Him. I thought it was two women. Oh, I thought it was... I, all oh, I know... a Facebook page that I follow that it's named... The exact uh, nature of the crime is the name of the Facebook page. I had no idea yeah. that... It happened several... A handful of years ago, but yeah, he like was on some trip, and he just accidentally hit somebody with his car, and they died. Ferris? Yeah. Wow, Ferris that guy. Yeah. Wow, interesting. The main character from the 2000s Godzilla movie as well. Oh, I'm, I'm going to go after this and not hit anyone That's with called Ferris car. Bueller's <laughs> Car That's Accident. A good idea. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, about that's nuts on august 5th 1987 broderick was in a car accident in enniskillen northern ireland while vacationing ah, yes. with jennifer gray well it says he killed two maybe not have been a uh, both women maybe it's supposed it to be like michael Caine voice matthew broderick's car accident in 1987 not a lot of people know about that <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, that's not what michael Caine sounds like no it's not but yeah so not that Matthew Broderick is a monster, but he did accidentally kill a couple of people. That's no I'd good. I'd like to challenge all my followers to the email challenge. Go through your contact list and email someone you haven't talked to for at least a year to tell them in a very nice way about Matthew Broderick's car accident. Here's an example <laughs> template message. Feel free to paraphrase this. Oh, I'm not reading that whole fucking thing. Jesus. <laughs> is, it a, is it a book? It was a book. Uh, of course. A novel. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah. Um, oh. He's truly making me yawn. Dude, that'll. Yeah, I don't want you to think I'm bored. It's no, it's no, okay, we're having man. a great time. We are all. This is fun. It's Sunday. It's a lazy Sunday. It, yeah, it is. I'm ready to go home and do my laundry and hang out with Kitty. Yeah, I'm going to go and I, we brought our. We have a French bulldog. Um, she's <gasps> French a, bulldog. Frenchies are good. Yeah. So we brought her for the road trip. She's uh, probably getting a pup cup from Starbucks right now. Hey, you totally worth I mean? the trip. Yeah. <laughs> and she's just a little darling. I just want to say shout out to Maeve. I love you so much. Oh, You're yeah. just such a good a little dog. I used to date a girl whose mom bred them. So. She what? I used to date a girl whose mom bred them. Really? Yeah. Damn. That's crazy. Yeah. I've actually, you know, because the French- Have you ever had like a bunch of puppies just like you lay down on the ground, a bunch of puppies just like roll on you? No, I it's haven't. It's the greatest thing ever, That dude. just like piqued my interest though, yeah. seeing like multiple Frenchies all at once. I try to hook you up, but they hate me now, so I can't they help you with that now. one. Fair enough. Exes. I've always wanted that with kittens. Just yeah. a bunch of kitties sleeping. Yeah. I'm Comfortably. Like from Trailer Park Boys. Yeah. I love that cats. show. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ, oh, Ricky. You, you like Trailer Park Boys? Oh, I, I Dude, like, uh, Randy, he signed that. That oh dart? My God. That's my shit dart. I, Randy signed it. That's fucking wild. He drew a hamburger He on drew it. that hamburger on there. Oh, my God, dude. R.I.P. Phil Collins. Rip. That's so wild. Phil Collins? Uh, Philadelphia yeah. Collins. Yeah, Phil Collins. Oh, okay. I was going to say, like, like the same. What are you no. looking at my gut for? <laughs> what are you looking at my gut for? <laughs> I'm fucking Rest yeah. in peace, Mr. Leahy. Dad, you're fucked. That was so <laughs> you're funny. Oh. <laughs> uh, God. I got the liquor in there. I am the liquor. I am the liquor. <laughs> the bullying, that whole like situation. Oh my God. 
I love that show so Dude, much. R.I.P. Man, so many great people have been lost in the past few years. I know. It's wild. Philadelphia Collins and and, and uh, John Dunsworth. Yep. And Chris Cornell. That Jesus happened. Michael. I know. Oh, we... My girl stayed at this fucking at town apartments in Detroit, literally like a walk from where Chris Cornell ended his life. What? Yeah. She was there. Did she feel him go? I don't think so. I don't think she even listens to them. But <laughs> oh. I just like I when 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 she was still living there when I started dating her yeah. and when I like I MGM has like bad juju now. Like I don't even fucking walk in there, mm. you know? Like mm-hmm. I hate it. But she lived, Detroit has terrible parking, and so I'd have to park yeah. in their parking garage, walk a half mile-ish to get to town, mm-hmm. and I would always park and think, this is weird. This is bad. Chris died around here. Yeah, like, this is not good. Mm-hmm. Like, ah, bad juju. Yeah, there's a theme for my Rock on the Rain shirts. They're all black, except for 2016, because two days before that Rock on the Range happened, Chris Cornell died, yeah. and he was scheduled to play that Friday. That's so I got green in honor of Soundgarden. The, isn't that fucking wild though? Like a performance in Detroit, they're about to go to Columbus for this massive festival. Like I'll be honest with you, like from the, like the from being an addict previously, mm-hmm. I can I definitely can see how if you were feeling hopeless and you had to go and perform in front of you know Rock on the Range is a hundred thousand mm-hmm. plus, you know, imagine if you felt like at that lowest, like you would not want to feel like a failure in front of that many people, like in that low state. And I yeah. felt like, damn, man, like I, I feel you. Like, and as much as his like family wants to say that he wasn't suicidal, I could see where you would think that. But if you go back throughout his entire catalog, yeah. he talks about suicide a lot. Same, like there's so a lot Chester. of, there's a lot of referencing <coughs> to ending myself or life yeah. isn't good and stuff like that. So, and I feel like, Suicide isn't something that somebody who is totally foreign to the idea yeah. just pulls off. It's like not, that's a seed in you. You're either actively suicidal or mm-hmm. you're passively suicidal. Yeah. You know, like, so I, like I, I was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder at a yeah. time, you know? And, like, uh, I would say that a lot of the time uh, when I used to get depressed, I would be passively suicidal. You know, I, I like to call it because, like, I wouldn't – I never, um, you know, like – Post twenty seventeen, mm-hmm. I never really tried again. Right, uh, but I would always think about it. It would be more ideation. Mm-hmm. But I found that like the ideation was almost like a high that I was riding off of because of the mental illness. You know, it, yeah. like it, it allowed me to almost feel this like this terrible feeling that I was addicted to feeling because depression is addicting. You yeah. know, it really is, and like it allowed me to kind of be like oh, what if I could not exist? And then, like, I remember I kind of weaned myself off from there. I was like, okay, but what What about, you know, and then months later it turned about, what if I what if I just don't think about it? And yeah. then, you know, yeah. slowly and but surely it turns more into, like, manipulating yourself into just realizing you were manipulated into feeling really shitty and yeah. meant to feel that shitty forever. And it's like, no, if someone manipulated you, you, you are stronger than anyone else. Mm-hmm. You can make yourself believe again that you are worth and you're good, and you're whole, which yes. like anyone listening to this podcast is. Anyone that's sitting, not listening to this podcast is. Like we're, you know, we're human beings. I feel like that's something that's really lost in music too. Yeah. People put people like Chris Cornell on such a platform, Chester Bennington on such a platform that they think that they're invincible. Yeah. Um, and they're not. 
that was such that was such like the biggest blow to me was that like I've idolized Chris Cornell since I was a child because yeah. he's been one of the biggest rock stars of my mm-hmm. generation and like to see to hear that he killed himself I was like wow so even if you have all the fame and all like the beautiful music like it's still not enough it isn't and well, I was like yeah. what the fuck but then it just goes down to show you that it's those aren't the things that make you happy like yeah. you have to find the specific niches to mm-hmm. you individually that will make you happy it's the wholesomeness you know, man you know Chris mm-hmm. for the longest time too since we've been doing this since, since we've been friends and that happened I had like trouble relating to it but then I thought to myself what if Billy Joe Armstrong did that mm-hmm. yeah yeah you know you know my my idol my Chris Cornell mm-hmm. yeah it I don't would be... know how I would react it, my heart would break mm-hmm because it wouldn't make sense. Exactly. Your, your world so requires confused. his existence mm-hmm. yeah. to operate the way that it does. Like your poster over here, I want to believe. Like you, whatever your reality is, it's very important for, especially for folks that haven't taken acid. To it's very important for the ego generally to run you. Mm-hmm. The ego wants to run you, and the ego runs. I'd say ninety, eighty to ninety percent of this entire world. I'd mm-hmm. say the ego forces people to do things against their will. Yeah. Because the ego is so easily influenced by, you know, everything. Yeah. doesn't matter. It's not boiled down to any politics. It's not boiled down to language. It's boiled. It's, it's, it goes as deep as literally the energy that we receive from the sun. Like, we're easily manipulated. Yeah. We have to keep our shit together actively. These squishy brains aren't very tough. Yeah, not at all. be vigilant. If you can take micrograms of a chemical and see beyond what anybody has ever experienced anywhere it just goes to show that like and if that's something that you don't even have to work for that's a chemical doing it mm-hmm. think about if you put in the work similar to that you know and just did it like nike's nike is for real when they say like just do it i'm not saying so i endorse Shia nike LaBeouf. but it's like you know yeah just do it oh <laughs> don't want it. your dreams oh. just be dreams <laughs> that i forgot about just that video dude it. we that, were talking about it not yeah. even like half an hour oh. before you got here mm-hmm. that just tyrell's like 10 year old son was doing it flooded all back man jesus fucking christ and for the listener that keeps hearing us harp about hallucinogens just so you know that there are other parts of the world right now that are working towards making it, that are working towards medicinalizing uh, um, LSD mm-hmm. and uh, what's the uh, chemical? Uh, psilocybin. Psilocybin and uh, what's the chemical in Molly? I can't remember, but yeah. basically they're working on medicinalizing LSD, psilocybin, and Molly because of the, the word wa- you were looking for was Wu Tang. <laughs> <laughs> because of the uh, effects them. that it can that it has on the brain, not in the big doses that you would take illegally to get high, but yeah. it can stimulate parts of your brain that will help get you through um, whether it's depression or addiction yep. or uh, PTSD. Mm-hmm. All these things they're working on figuring out how to implement these substances to help i mean anybody that's ever taken them knows if you think about some really depressing shit that you're not over on acid or on shrooms enjoy the rest of your night bud yeah because and uh, it's it's gonna be the rest of it it's gonna be the rest of it but when you wake up the next morning you're probably gonna be severely (sighs) like you're not gonna be feeling stressed about it you're just worked through not as yeah Mm -hmm. you have to work through like you can work through years Mm -hmm. of trauma in a night yeah it takes a lot of tears. And anyone that's listening to that, like, if you if you happen to go along this route, if you're crying, 
just like it's okay. Let it out. Let it out. You mm-hmm. really, if you hold it in, it's gonna hurt like it's a lot. Becomes toxic. It yeah. spreads. It's literally that's why we get massages. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why we get you know stuff like that. That's why we cleanse. That's why people go on these crazy cleanses to try to cleanse their body. It's no man, you're not gonna <laughs> fucking get fucking vitamin water cleanse. No. no, you need to just sit down. You don't need. You don't even need to take acid. You just need to sit down. And focus. Acid helps people do that. That's why people do it. But Mm -hmm. if you sit down and meditate hard enough, which I'm not super good at, but like I've heard of and I know like one of my friends, Annie, she is able to do it Mm -hmm. without any drugs at all to a point where she feels like she just transcends her own fucking body. Yeah, There are people that are so good at meditating that they can make themselves basically trip. Yeah. Like that's that's fucking awesome. And it's not about the trip. It's people think it's a drug thing. It's it's about clarity, conciseness and being able to feel like your ego isn't running you again. Like Mm -hmm. I was saying before, it's you have to run you until your ego uh, move aside. Or like in my case, like at this point, you know, the ego to me is literally the brand John Penman. Yeah. Like I it's the ego is so dead at this point. Like Mm -hmm. I've killed it off so much. It's like over a hundred acid trips at this point. <laughs> yeah, you know it's gone, but mm-hmm. it's still there and it wants to be there. So it's like I give it permission. It's like okay, you know my name is John Augustine. That's my actual last name. Ooh, oh, I like that, that one. Right, and it's Polish. Yeah. It, it used to be Augustine, Augustine. Uh, people were Jewish at some point back in the day. So I don't know my. I think people are still Jewish. Well, hey, <laughs> I mean, like <laughs> in my family, it's funny as fuck. <laughs> Yes, people are still Jewish. But I also apparently might be at some point way back before 1900s. So that's interesting. But John Penman, you know, Penman is uh, my mom's last name. Because after I stopped talking to my dad, I had kind of like an identity crisis. And I kind of adopted that name. I did. And that was around the time when I started doing acid Hmm. when I was 18. And Hmm. so it kind of just melded together. And now it's at a point where I let the ego exist as a byproduct, almost like a dog in a sidecar mm-hmm. on the motorcycle. And they can come along for the ride and be the face of the journey and be the right. one that everyone on the road looks at. But in reality, I'm the motherfucker driving this vehicle. You're utilizing yeah. the ego as a tool exactly. and not letting it run, exactly. hold the reins. As a tool to be a business, an mm-hmm. LLC, be whatever it is, a conglomerate, so that I can do what I do best, which is loving the people that exist on this the earth. People. And breaking bread with people, eating food with people is my favorite thing. Not even on some like Christian shit, just mm-hmm. I love sitting down and having meals. And like get, just talking to people. Mm-hmm. Those are my favorite three, three things. I just love like the, you know... You guys could have been in fucking Florida and I would have driven. Oh, like, it, I, it's 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 about the, the connections mm-hmm. to me. It's just you can't replace that. And you even, you said some wise shit earlier, man. You can't do it the same on a screen if it's like FaceTime. Mm-hmm. It's something about the micro expressions and the feel in the, in yeah. the room, you know. Like, we are energetic bodies that have fields around yeah. us, you know. Like, you, I'm so fucking passionate about this. I'm sorry for ranting, but, like, oh, this yeah. is so important. It. The, the way that we talk, the way, you know, if someone enters a room and they're angry. You can feel it. You can feel it before they say anything. Mm-hmm. You can be not even looking at them and feel a presence. Energy. Almost, yeah, yep. the energy. That's what it is. And for people to say, oh, energy doesn't exist. I like to bring that example up. Just what about when someone's mad in a room and they're silent? Mm-hmm. You know they are. Mm-hmm. And you can feel it and you feel uncomfortable because we are these amorphous blobs, I feel like. It's not like a shape. You know, I'm not trying to convert people saying we're this, we're that. It's very amorphous. I don't yeah. I don't think it's black and white at all, but we are energetic bodies that got vessels to do stuff with. And, and it's, it's not even so much like, 
oh, I don't subscribe to that idea of energies. Okay, that's fine. But have you ever been to a party where somebody came in angry Mm -hmm. and like you may not have noticed that they were angry, but everyone else absorbed that energy Mm -hmm. and then you noticed the person you were talking to changed. Yep. That's because they felt the energy from that person. Mm -hmm. If people were just more accepting of it, they would have less issues in life. I strongly Mm -hmm. believe that. And obviously there's other things that go into why people's lives are the way they are, socioeconomic, this and that, political, whatever. Mm-hmm. But a lot of it, 90% of it, in America, in the world, comes down to people trying to seek clarity and comfort externally Yeah. forever. And they forever just search and search and search. And now this is where I'm going to just give a disclaimer. Like, I do personally believe that we re- reincarnate, so I'm not going to preach that part. Mm-hmm. But... To me, you know, it feels like in this life, I was put here to do what I'm doing for a reason. And I I also feel like everyone is everyone. Like in one day, I'm going to end up being you. And one day, I'm going to end up being you, Nick. You know, Mm -hmm. like in a way, because I believe also that I tie in these beliefs with actual physics and space, knowing that like time is a construct that just Mm -hmm. kind of exists, you know? Um, best seen like an interstellar great movie where they display it as a physical time Uh a physical thing where you can touch it makes me feel like we are all existing on the same plane right five seconds ago is still existing permanently and reverberating permanently five seconds ago always because five seconds ago isn't five seconds ago it's just it was it was that moment and i feel like permanently we are all being recycled into different bodies, different forms, different everythings, wherever, whenever, however, for the purpose of finding a truer, higher self, mm-hmm. like evolving truly. Evolution makes sense, especially when you think of it as how far can we take this thing on top of our heads? Right. And I use that to make my music. And that's like, sorry, that was the, that's the full thing. I never actually got through that without stuttering, but huh? that's like. Oh. That's what we do here at Toon Junkies Podcast. We yeah. pull the best out of everybody. That's uh, actually. Well, I think I was going to say a joke. Oh, yeah. Um, To anyone who's recycling old me, I'm sorry for your heavy drug addiction and your manic depressive episodes, but you'll get through it. You learn learn stuff. We are all the addicts. And I can explain all the animated Batman movies. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, jeez, I wish. (laughs) It's just easier to think of it as that. It's easier to be compassionate to others when you think of you as that man on the corner. When you think of you as the you know the old woman that can't walk very well when you think of you as you know someone of a completely different race and a completely different subset of people mm-hmm. when you think of you as anybody else and you think okay so how would i manage this if you ever get confused at any point during that question when you're trying to answer it that's your answer of just how difficult it is to be anybody else but you yeah and that's how that's how you should realize don't be a dick to people, you know, because mm-hmm. like if it's already that difficult and you don't even you, that's like 10 minutes of thinking. Imagine how much life they've lived and imagine how much shit is underneath their skin. You know, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. I look up to what you wrote. Only love. Only love. That's what. Yeah, because it's it, that's all you you can't anything else. It like just literally just reflects once you start loving everything and everyone. It just it reflects. And some people, when I say that, they'll they'll say shit like, well, what about fucking like rapists and this and that? And I'm like, man, why are you even? <laughs> why is that the first place you go? <laughs> why is that the first? You, you know that I'm not like I don't condone this shit. Yeah. Like, why would you ask some that those types of people are the same people that are like, 
you know, I made a Facebook status about it the other day where they people would get mad. They're like, females need to stop doing this and that. And it's like, dog, the on, like the only people calling women females are like like yeah. there's a there's a tinge of like incel there. Yeah. You know, it's like you gotta you know, when people like when there's like a fight on Facebook and someone mm-hmm. takes a video and let's say it's two black kids, yeah. it's always a fucking white boomer. <laughs> saying, yeah. oh, they're animals. Yeah. No, you know exactly what the fuck you're trying to say, dude. Yeah. You know, and it's like, that's the kind there of thing. Two people that, like, with a disagreement and they exactly. fought about it. Exactly. And it's it like, happens. <laughs> it just it reminds me, like, I'm pretty left leaning, yeah. I'd say. And just come back to like, this Epstein stuff and like, oh, I want the truth. And they'd be like, oh, what about, you know, how the Clintons are. You know, involved with that, I'd be like, "What about How'd it?" How do you feel? I'd be like, "Well, I feel pretty good considering my I hate fucking child molesters yeah. agenda that I have." So, who I gives mean, a shit who's involved? Yeah. We just need answers and it taken care of. People, yeah, that's what I don't get. Like, and again, it goes back to people are searching for external answers when it's mm-hmm. like the internal answer is. Just figure you out. I swear, even all this shit that we're talking about right now. You may not think that child molesters have anything to do with you, but once you figure you out, you'll know where you stand on all sorts of shit. Mm-hmm. Because then you know you, and yeah. you when when a situation presents itself, you'll just be like, oh, "Okay, I, I know where but I stand." But the the biggest, I feel like, the biggest struggle of being a person is figuring out who you are. Is because we live in a society where we're being told. What's the correct way to look? Mm-hmm. What's the correct thing to like? What's the appropriate diet to have? What, how big you're supposed to be? What color your hair you're supposed to be? How are you supposed to react to stuff? Yes. And so like we're constantly being forced that there's a perfect image that you're supposed to attain, but you're not it. Yeah, always. And so we're, we, we're struggling to find this like inner peace, but we can't get it because we're constantly being bombarded yeah. with you're never going to get it. Because you're never, you're never you'll it. You'll never get this. You'll you, never get this. That's what I like to call capitalistic enslavement. Yeah. Where it's the, the you know, you no matter where you start, it's never enough. You cannot be anyone other than who you are. Yeah, you can't. My <laughs> phone will never be your phone because your phone is different than mine. Yeah, that's just like, it's just how it is. And like, I don't know. It just gives me more, it, that just gives me more incentive to just try to be more compassionate cuz it's like if this if I'm really never going to be you. Mm-hmm. Then I need to start getting with the fucking understanding that that's not changing yeah. and I need to bend my rules to how other people are. And we also live in a world right now where people are like you know, selfishness is fine and all, like I get it, but like people are degree, trying to, yeah. you, you know, got, to a degree you got to look out for number 1. Yeah. That's fair. But trying to be like, fuck everyone else, I'm doing it. If everyone does that, then nobody supports each other. (laughs) Like, you have to, like, bend to the will of others every day as it is. Like, when when a stop sign tells you stop, you're bending to the will of the government. So if you try to call someone a bitch, well, like, you literally follow traffic laws. Yeah. Like, you, I mean, come on. Like, you know, we we follow, and that's... I heard a story the other day that uh, somebody... Uh, somebody we know is strand was stranded in Ohio because he drove to Ohio because he didn't have uh, insurance. Oh. And I'm like, even uh, I don't know if you're just trying to stick it to the man or you just didn't have insurance yeah. at the time. But like, you have to do that. Otherwise, this is the repercussion. Yeah. You get stranded several hours away. Just follow yep. the basic rules. 
and then you can live your life. Yeah. And like, like I said uh, earlier in like the interview, like when I touched on how like being raised by like, you know, my mom, but also my dad who was like more criminalistic. Uh-huh. It also like, it was so weird seeing him circumvent laws all the time. And I'm like, it was like, uh, the only time I felt something as weird as that was taking acid years later where I realized, holy shit, these laws aren't like, this isn't real. People just follow <laughs> this. Like, yeah, he did that uh-huh. i'm like this is fucked what the fuck you know i'm it's crazy like i it's just it's just crazy how many different ways you can look at a situation and get different outcomes based on how you look at it life is like yeah. pearlescent car paint ooh what? yeah doesn't matter depending on which way the sun hits it you get a different color yeah you're looking at it from a nice mystique huh? yeah. like your wonderful hoodie with all the different Colors on the golf. I'm so jealous. <laughs> was sold out. They didn't have it at Zoomies. Didn't have it online. Couldn't Rip. find it when they had it. Pissed. Just try it now. I have a yellow one too. They probably don't have that one now. Oh. That was know. that was uh, was that golf de fleur season. Yeah. Yeah. You try eBay. eBay's got stuff. I forget about eBay. So do I. And then I'll, I've got this like uh, Chrome extension where when I'm looking up something, it'll mm-hmm. pull up be like, hey, we found this. These other links that are cheaper than the one you're looking at. Not bad. And one of them's always eBay. I'm like, man, I always forget about eBay. Yeah. Well, John, it's been such a pleasure having you on. It's been a pleasure being uh, here. If we didn't name the episodes by the artist name, it was, this one would be called Life. It's just crazy. Yeah. Still put in parentheses. <laughs> John, Pe- John Pepperoni. John Pen- Life, it's just crazy. <laughs> Yeah, John Penderoni, Pender, Pender's, Pender's Sony Entertainment. Where can we find you? <laughs> I'm not trying to get sued. <laughs> Where can we find you and follow you? Uh, at JNPNMN on all social medias, Instagrams, Twitter. Uh, I just made the Twitter, so forgive me. Uh, Facebook, <laughs> it's everywhere. Um, again, <clears throat> JNPNMN. Uh, it's like a little anagram of John Penman, Jin Penman, okay. you know, okay. it's just easy to find. It's, I want people to say my fucking Jim name. Pen- <laughs> <laughs> I just uh, want to hear people say my that's name. That's the first cocky thing I've said, like all interview, but I, I really do want people to like know my name, know the likeness, because what I'm trying to bring is, is, is I'm trying to bring food to everyone's table, man. Like we'll I want to do like, the cockiness. And we're hungry. We'll allow the oh. cockiness only if you say that you're a fan of uh, what was that a uh, group that Beyonce was Destiny's Child. Destiny's I, I actually Child. do like name, Destiny's Child. Beyonce's a legend. Hell Thank yeah. you guys so much for having me. Yeah, also, um, last night I kind of embarrassed myself. Get to you here in a sec. Where I couldn't name everybody in that poster. Yeah, but it just all came to me as Altair Ibn La Ahad, Kara Radon, Hugedu Kenway, Ezio Auditore da Firenze. Evie and Jacob Fry, Edward Kenway, Avalyn de Grope, Arno Dorian. So you do know we have a rule here on the Tim Junkies podcast. <laughs> I just broke it like eight times. Where <laughs> we don't make up words. Listener, was he reading. was he was naming off the assassins. He's got an assassin poster, Assassin's Creed poster in the studio now. I swore I could have sworn that one of them was like, like Noodle Day Angolati. <laughs> Like <laughs> Noodle Day Angliati. Yeah. Oh no 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 no. Like that, a uh, menu item. This predates him. <laughs> it comes with white sauce. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, that's an oh. Olive Garden menu item. I'm getting Taco Bell after this. I don't. Yeah, it's it's, it's yeah. settled. I know. I love I'm doing it. Uh, Fucking send it. I we, we talked about it earlier, but uh, what kind of shows you got coming up? 
Um, yeah, shows. I'm playing uh, in. I'm playing. I'm doing some like acoustic stuff from like the old album. Not really on an acoustic guitar, but with my piano. Oh, okay. Uh, doing some of that stuff at like coffee shops because I can't play the club music at a coffee shop. Right. Um, doing the club music at clubs. I'm booking some with um, Breadbox shows right now. Uh, they're out of Michigan. Um, there's going to be a tour. If you weren't listening at the beginning of the episode. Um, in between there, uh, it's basically going to be in April. Um, the dates are going to be solidified a little bit later, so uh, we're not going to have like a full tour announcement until like December. Um, but we're going everywhere from Ohio, Kentucky, Tennessee, Alabama, Florida, 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 Georgia, North Carolina, Maryland, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, New York, New York, Pennsylvania, and Detroit. So um, a lot of places, again informally right now saying that because i just don't have the uh final tour poster up but uh it'll be up and i will be around i will also be performing uh regional shows until april uh indiana chicago doing like little weekend runs like i like you know i'm gonna Mm -hmm. book as much as i humanly possibly can uh before then to get the names out there um and uh we're gunning for believe it or not we're gunning for a million streams by by april Hell that's yeah. that's what we're working towards, and it's a big number. That's almost a hundred. <laughs> I know it's almost <laughs> set it up, and then he killed it. It's the I alley-oop. love that. That's yeah. like my favorite kind of joke. <laughs> it reminds me of Futurama. It's a we got we got a lot of Family Guy quotes here at the Toon Juggies so podcast. <laughs> More tea, Mister Bike. Yeah. <laughs> More tea, Mister Bike. That's yeah. So funny. <laughs> my first bike. That cake in the face, and then the Versailles. <laughs> uh, actually, I'm gonna give you one treat because mm. I can do a really good Stewie impression. So before I get out oh, of here, God, oh don't shit. Bring actually, first, if I uh, don't mind myself. <laughs> Could I borrow a screwdriver? <laughs> oh, and there's nothing else like licking a fat, uh, uh, what, what do you call them? Uh, a bottle. Oh, yes. <laughs> a bottle of milk, yes. Fuck you, Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> that's really fucking good. Really so, good. yeah, that's. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, oh, Love so doing that every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> Listener, if you got nothing out of this whole interview, I hope that Stewie impression yeah. is all worth hey, it. Hey, Peter. <laughs> Oh, you don't, you don't know that, that that's actually something our scene says. Yeah, that's a like lot. a big thing on our hey, scene. Like, Peter, oh, hey, that's Peter. a thing we do. Oh, <laughs> that's a thing that's we so do. so funny. Like me a, and my friend group say that. That's yeah. literally a. Th- like the metal bands like Lenore Cole, Omniscient. Yeah. That's stuff like so that. fucking like, funny. Hey, Peter. Yeah, hey, Dirt Nap, Omniscient. They all say it. Yeah. Hey, Peter. That's literally like <laughs> so fucking funny. I'm going to go tell my friends that. Yep. That my, my friend Arthur will literally call me like to hang out. Hey, Peter. Hey, first Peter. Thing. Come on. Like, what the fuck? All right. Uh, before we forget, like we, well, we didn't forget last time, but before we go, what's a band or artist you've been binging on lately? You can pull out your phone if it isn't dead yet. My phone or is you, dead. Oh, so this is true. Dead. This is true knowledge um, right here. Aside from Constant Frank Ocean, I'm going to really, gonna really think. <laughs> this is the second time someone's at the Jeopardy music yep, today. we did that in the other episode too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really thinking. Thank you so much. I'm so happy. <laughs> the finger just—it's <laughs> so funny. Well, I was gonna cut out the silence, but I can't now. Oh, sweet, a bike runs off. <laughs> like what the fuck? Mag, mag, you've been wrong. You're a nut. What? <laughs> she just laughs her fucking ass off. Like why? You know what? I think it's actually gonna be. 
Um, it's gonna be the weekend Starboy album. Oh, yeah. dude, like, that's yeah. one of my favorite yeah. things yes. to revisit. Um, yeah, that, that track with Kendrick. Like Starboy. That's literally sidewalks. Sidewalks. Yeah. Yeah, sidewalks. Say say say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah say, it's say, say. man. That yeah. was yeah. No, that album like it's coming back because it's winter time and it got yeah. released. Mm-hmm. You know, in winter time, twenty seventeen ish, and it's we're just coming back to that time where you got to play Starboy. Yeah, dude, that like, fucking album. Heaven on I was mouth, all got a hell it. of a tongue. Like what? You're talking about getting head in a Ferrari. You know, what like that he that that album's actually kinda nasty. Like he's talking it's about some so nasty so shit. Yeah. Yet it went on the radio. I'm like, go you, Abel Tasafier. <laughs> like, go you. <laughs> he did one of the greatest like Halloween costumes of all time when he went as Jack Nicholson's Joker. Oh my god. Uh yeah, really I got good. I got a picture of it real quick. I really liked um Six Feet Under off that album. Oh, yeah. Dude, oh, my God, with Future. Yeah, the bass line on that fucking album was, I mean, on that song was nasty. That's The weekend. Really? Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. He's Perfect. scary. He's scary accurate to Jack yeah. Nicholson, though. Yeah. People were trying to dog on him for, like, oh, he went his white face. No, that's clown makeup. That's clown makeup. That's clown, yeah, that's so different. Yeah. And Travis Scott actually is another thing I've been binging because, um, I saw his documentary. I just watched the yeah, documentary dude. too. <laughs> dude, the documentary is good. Documentary actually, mm-hmm. like I was, you know, no cap. I was just like three or four blunts in, no like psychedelics, but mm-hmm. like I was so inspired after that. Like, yeah, that was a big push. Like, I that, love seeing those stories. It was the one part of the fucking. If you watch it, man, it's like that. It was like a fifteen-second clip of him performing. And like a warp like, tour or something. And there was like thirteen people. Yeah, out front. dude, mm-hmm. that is what fucking got me completely. Because I, I was like. Oh, we can do this. Yeah. Oh, I we just, can do I, this. Before coming in, I was like, oh, this guy's probably going to get a douche. <clears throat> yeah. I'm like, oh my, no, he loves his mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He like cares about his fans. That's a killer stage dive that you just did, bro. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Like it's. Yeah. And then know. the guards were like, you can't go out in that crowd. Like yeah. they'll destroy you. And he's like, dog, those care. are my people. Yeah. Don't tell me gonna, what to do. They're not going to hurt me. They love me. Yeah. Fuck you. I'll do what I want. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck you, I won't do what you tell me. Well, fuck you, they're back. Uh-huh. <laughs> mm-hmm. They're back. They're actually, actually yep. back. We got that old poster from 1992? Seven. Seven, damn, damn. it. I was trying to uh, guess. Well, I guess for me, um, never, uh, I think this is the first time uh, the artist I've been jamming to the most has been you, John, lately. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude. I've been sending him links all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, he's like, oh yeah, I've heard these. <laughs> Both of us, I guess, have been just jamming mm-hmm. to it. And that like, means a lot to me, well, actually. Hell yeah, dude. We've been excited. I've been excited for a while. It's yeah, me too, man. This fucking podcast is the shit. Oh, it's even like you. it's <laughs> even greater now that I get to like meet you guys in person, like know what's going on down in Indiana. Like I can't wait to be a part of like your guys's scene and like meet people and network and like mm-hmm. just and hey Peter them dude yeah dude hey, oh Peter. man I'm saying it I swear <laughs> if you can bring people I'm saying it so that. They know that like it's kindred spirit they, season. They'll know. They'll be like, oh, I can yell it in it the too. middle of a show, and someone <laughs> someone will say it back. That's yeah. like how it is here. Yeah. I love that. Um, oh. I guess I've been kind of going through. I've had this one John Mayer song stuck in my head for like uh, the last couple days. Which one? It's his new. It's new. The re- most recent release called "Carry Me Away." Oh, it's really. He's great. Uh, John Mayer's my favorite. I have, as you can tell. Yeah. Almost got. I wanted to see him in We're Vegas. We're pulling at so many stuff now, just because like, yeah. we all put it up yesterday. So it's yeah. just like we have reference, reference, reference. Look, we reference, got that reference. and this and Menzingers. that. I love John Mayer. This is my blanket I got from Rock on the Range last the year prior. Butimus. Yes. I love so. the lion. The yeah, Sonic is... Temple one has a big Jeff moth Hardy on poster it. that's Where? so out of place. Which, oh. 
Oh, the Sonic Temple blanket oh, that I got last year. Oh, shit. That one's at home right now because oh, okay. it's way bigger than this and it's nice. Hell so. yeah. That's dope. Oh, once again, dude. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And finally, what song are we writing out with today? The Honestly, you know, The West End because like, people seem to be jamming that one the most. Yeah. All right. And, uh, uh, tell us a little bit about it. It's just a little tropical jam. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> it's like, a tropical it's, jam. I love it's that just, you know, like, It's about meeting a girl at a bar and... Um, you know, like the lyrics, like just kind of explain themselves. Like, I just want to ask a couple questions. Where are you from? Where you've been with that blessed end? Where Ooh. you, where are you going later on? Cause blessed I know. End. Is that a way of saying great ass? Yes. I love it. Because I'm <laughs> trying to be too. nice, man. I'm saying, yeah. you know, and then it's, and then I say, where you, uh, where you going? Where you been? Cause I know you ain't in this bitch looking for a best friend. <laughs> Thank God, because fuck friends, been drunk since, 10 sips in, I'm a lightweight, a cheap date, I'm just saying this can't wait, no longer if I leave this place will you come along and let me set the bar, no need for a lawyer, I'm only here for a night and I want to enjoy it. Tequila, lime, salt the rim, pearl duchess in the evening time, Mark told me Tom Sawyer. Drop the bomb, dude. Right? Wow. And so then later on in the next verse, she moved. And I'm like, (laughs) and I'm like, I just want to ask a couple questions. Where you been? Heard you moved to the West End. If you want to grab a drink, we can meet. We can leave it at that. Then I sent it. She replied like, oh my, I don't mind. I thought I had lost you. I lost my mind instead. That one night won't leave my head. Swear I promise to never delete my texts again. Pit six. And then... Girl, I thought you changed your number. Every single day I had to sit there and wonder. Wonder what would happen if I had the chance to kick it one time because the shit's been past due. Now, the, here, here's the thing about the next line. I specifically went through and wanted to rhyme things with oranges, but not the way Eminem did it in that one video. Right. Okay? Yep. So then I decided to write this little verse about going to a Florence and the Machine concert with my girlfriend. Yeah. I love them. So I oh, said yeah. next on the song... Florence and floor seats with pearl duchesses with the foreign twist oranges hemp wrappers now I mourn the swish or is this Christmas I need a tree to hang my words like ornaments because That's I switched to hemp wrappers instead of swishers <laughs> I can't Quit, Frank. I don't want to overdo the bomb thing but yeah I'm gonna have to I'm well, gonna have to I'll, find I'll, one I'll, I'll where'd you find this? <laughs> this damn son you where'd you that? find this <laughs> Oh. What is it? Uh, hot sun. It's like if you don't hear their drops, then this is not a true exclusive. Yeah. Listen to this track, bitch. Damn, it, where'd you find this? Pit daff. Yeah, dat piff. Bat dat piff. Yeah. There we go. Dat Dude, piff. Yeah. Dat piff had the fucking shit. <laughs> oh my god. Well, for days. Enjoy uh, West End by John Penman. This has been Toon Junkies podcast. My name is Nick. My name is Chris. My name hey. is John Penman. Hey, Peter. I'm <laughs> seeing. <laughs> I just wanna ask a couple questions Where you from, where you been with that blessed gen Where you going later on Cause I know you ain't in this bitch looking for a best friend
I thought you'd change your number Every single day I had to say